Absolutely, Jamie. It just is amazing. I always tell people, um, I, was, I was listening to a young person talk a while back and, and, and I was busting at them probably about either how they eat or if they were smoking or drinking or something like that. And, and I was going, you know, trying to give them some advice and they were going, well, God, God, I mean, you know, I'd just soon be dead at 60. And, and, and so when they're younger, they just think that 60 is so old um, and, and they're going, well, I'll be dead by then. And so I'm just going to live my life. And I said, you know, this is not about dying because you won't be dead at 60. I can almost guarantee you that you won't be dead at 60, but you may be in such poor health that you almost wish you were. You have to live your life as if every day you may live to be 130. So how do you want to live that? My, my grandmother lived uh, the last six years of her life in a, a nursing home bed um, on a on a feeding tube, and she was as alert and oriented as any out there. And and she wasn't suffering so much; she was content to be where she was at. But in my last six years of my life, that's not where I want to stay and where I want to be. I want, I want to be healthier than that. So what do I have to do to get to that place? Welcome to the Disrupted Podcast. My name is Jamie, and uh, we're here with Scott Middleton today. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing great, Jamie. Yes. Beautiful day today. I'm enjoying it. It is. It's a beautiful day. It was a beautiful weekend. We had a great weekend um, at the LTC Healthcare Conference, and uh, it was it was amazing. It was such a great great weekend. And, and I, I told somebody today I, I'm exhausted, but I'm more energized than I've ever been because of that weekend. So it was, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it really, it really was. And I guess it's, it's your health university right now, right? Didn't I think we so. Change the name? <laughs> I think it should be your health university. Yeah. If you didn't hear, we're changing our name. We've, we've already been talking about that on this podcast, but we're going to be your health, your health house calls, your health physicians offices, your health wellness, your health, you know, pharmacy, and now your health university. University. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah. It's really, really, really exciting. Uh, you know, I think I, I, you know, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, Scott, I think what we're, we, we've been changing this culture internally about healthcare and wellness and, and getting, you know, people more visits and really, you know, changing healthcare. I, I think we're about to change culture now. I think we're about to get into these communities like Sun City and Okatee and, and some of these places. And we're about to change culture. Cause I was thinking about this today, um, based on some of the things that you said over the weekend and, and, I, you, people are really good about planning for retirement. These people at Sun City and, and, and these retirement communities, they've planned for years for their retirement so that they had enough financially to live comfortably and enjoy their life. But what about planning for your health? And I, I feel like that's what we need to show people that are 50, 55 years old, how to plan for their health so that they can live the lifestyle that they want. Absolutely, Jamie. It just is amazing. I always tell people, um, I, was, I was listening to a young person 
talk a while back and 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 i was fussing at them probably about either how they eat or if they were smoking or drinking or something like that and and i was going you know trying to give them some advice and they were going well yeah god i mean you know I, i'd just soon be dead at 60 and <laughs> and and so when they're younger they just think that 60 is so old um, and and they're going well i'll be dead by then and so i'm just going to live my life and i said you know this is not about dying because you won't be dead at 60. Nope. I can almost guarantee you that you won't be dead at 60, but you may be in such poor health mm. that you almost wish you were. Yeah, right. You have to live your life as if every day you may live to be 130. So mm -hmm. how do you want to live that? Yeah. Uh, my, my grandmother lived uh, the last six years of her life in a, a nursing home bed um, on a on a feeding tube. Mm -hmm. And she was as alert and oriented as any out there. Yeah. And and she wasn't suffering so much. She was content to be where she was at. But in my last six years of my life, that's not where I want to stay and where I want to be. Yeah. I want I want to be healthier than that. So what do I have to do to get to that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really true. And Scott, you've been doing this. I mean, this is, this is nothing new to you. You know, I mean, you're what, 64 years old. Yeah. But, but Jamie, I didn't, I didn't know what being healthy was mm -hmm. until I started at 37. Mm -hmm. I had never been into a gym, Wow. never worked. At, um, you know, I'd run occasionally as a, as a, kid teenager college student if i got a little extra weight i was going on a diet um, i smoked until i was nearly 30 years old and and so somebody said looked at me and said i cannot believe you smoked and me. i said yeah I was, I, oh that was you <laughs> that's right two packs a day sometimes you know i i was a smoker i was uh you know my younger days i really didn't drink that much i probably started drinking more when I was in my forties and fifties, um, than, than I was. And now I realized what that was doing to me. Mm. And, and so for the most part, stop drinking, um, eating healthy, exercising. And as I, I tell people today, I spend less time in cardio, um, and more time in strength training. And I'm really seeing the results physically, but I'm feeling it too. Yeah. I, I'm in the best shape of my life and I'm almost 65 years old, mm. the best shape of my life. And, um, and I, I feel good about it. Yeah. Now that just doesn't happen though. You, you have to be intentional about that. So, so in, and, and you've got to carve out those times and be right about it. And you have to figure out what's important for you. Mm. Um, and, and so but I guess because I've been around old people all my life. I grew up with old people. Uh, I was surrounded by them. I was a preacher around old people. Then I went into healthcare, taking care of old people. And the one thing I will can say from a motivation standpoint is the last thing I want to do is to be laying there in that bed. Mm. Um, you know, and not being able to move, that would just be torture for me. Yeah. And, and so I decided that it, again, it's not about when I die. It's about what my life is like before I die. Mm -hmm. And I just want to make sure that I I'm living it. So some people will say, my gosh, Scott, I'd rather, I'd rather just go ahead and die or I'd rather, 
you know, be in bad shape later if I have to give up all of the fun things that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's other ways to enjoy that. And you have to you have to create and figure out how to do that. But the more the more I work out, the more more I work, I enjoy my work. I'm not Mm -hmm. retiring probably anytime in the next 25 or 30 years. (laughs) But again, remember, as we were talking before the show started, I think I'm 50. Yeah. Right. And I'm 65. So I think I'm 15 years younger than I am. So I live it like that. I live like I got 30 more years till I'm 80. Mm-hmm. And so I've got a lot of things that I want to do and what I want to accomplish. And I'm going to live that. But yeah. I can't do that if I don't take care of myself. Yeah. So I, I love I love this the wellness focus of where our company is going. And wellness is always dependent upon currently where you are, mm-hmm. right? So wellness for me right now is, can I get to the gym every day? Mm-hmm. Do I work out every day? And then do I eat right? Do I feel good? Do I feel like going out and doing fun things and enjoying the people in my life? Um, or or do it may be just my, my, where my goals are, depending on where we are, it might just be tweaked a little bit. If I'm bed bound at home right now, I'm going to say, guys, there's hope. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to my trainer this morning and he was saying that he used to work with this guy who weighed 600 pounds. Mm. And, he, and he said, when they hired me to come in and help him, all they wanted me to do was to work on exercises so that he could get in and out of the bed by himself. Right. And, and so, you know, the exercise he did for him was squats. Right. <laughs> he had to have strong legs. So he was doing squats. Squats are the number one exercise every old person should do mm-hmm. uh, to take care of themselves. But I just thought that was interesting. 600 pounds. And this guy, because once he could get up and down, it doesn't take a lot of movement at 600 pounds to start losing weight. Right. You know, you can really start working on your, your, who you are and what you're doing anytime. In your life. It's not, it's not over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember back in the summer, uh, back in August, I was, I, I did a half marathon. It's the first time I ever did that. Um, it was a great experience, but there was a, a lady there that my wife spoke to and, and this lady was 71 years old and she did the 10 K, which is six miles. And it was a hilly six miles and she ran that. And, and my wife asked her, you know, she crossed the finish line. My, my wife's, you know, noticed that she was older and said, she's like, can I ask you how old you are? Actually, she was 78 years old. And, and she said, can I, she said, can I ask you what, you know, how old you are? She says, yeah, sure. She's like, I'm, I'm 78 years old. And she said, when I was younger, she said, my family all had health issues and it was based on moving and it was based on them. They just didn't focus on their health. They didn't care about what they ate. They didn't exercise. And it was, they suffered and they had incredible health problems all their life. And she's like, I swore at 39 years old, I wasn't going to live like that. And she'd been running about four to five miles every day since that point. And she ran, it was a hilly 10 K. And so you can do that in your seventies if you really want to. Absolutely. And and like I said, I didn't start till I was 37 and I really wasn't that in 
terrible shape, but I wasn't in great shape either. What's interesting, I weighed today the same amount that I weighed when I was heavy at 37. Mm. The difference is my my waist is four inches smaller right. <laughs> because I have muscle mass out there. But I so it's your health it's your choice it's your opportunities and how we can help you so because everything is changing with the way healthcare is paid for to enhance looking at other people healthier we now as primary care providers get compensated by keeping people healthy and keeping them out of the hospital and keeping them from being sick so in our programs, we've started rolling out more opportunities for you to really have some opportunities to help grow in, in your health status uh, with health coaches is where it starts. Mm-hmm. Sitting down with your health coach, explaining to them your goals, your plans, what you want to do, and beginning to develop a program designed around you. And, and that's going to be important because the health coaches are going to help you look at what's realistic. Yeah. I, I think I've told this story before in, in, in our organization that I had a nurse one day who was really overweight. And she came to me and she said, Scott, I, I'm trying. I really do want to get in better shape. I, I want to take care of myself. And so I'm thinking that she pulls out a, a newspaper. This is years ago. And she pulls out, I'm thinking about buying one of these machines and it was an ab tunnel and and i looked at her and i said hon i love you to death i appreciate what you're going to do but don't waste your money here's what i'm going to ask you to do i want you to get it every afternoon when you get home work she got she got off at three o'clock every day as a nurse working seven to three and i said at three o'clock the time you get home i want you to scrubs and all just get out and i want you to walk and and so she comes back to work a couple of days later she was off and then she came back and and she was just black and blue, bruises all over her body, could hardly move. And I said, oh, my gosh, what happened? She said, well, I did what you said. I was going to get out and go walk, you know, from my mile. And I said, well, what happened? She said, well, I live at the top of the hill, and I decided to walk down the hill <laughs> and oh, then no. come back up. And she said, I lost my footing, and I just rolled down the hill. Oh. And I was like, oh, wow. So, you know, there again, I was trying to do health coaching without coaching really well. I should have said, okay, let's talk about your environment, where you can, what you can do. Maybe mm-hmm. I should have gotten her to get one of those bikes or something, you know, for exercise. Uh, but I think you've got to plan it and you've got to set up realistic goals where you're going to be, maybe three month goals, mm-hmm. you know, so that you can have that. And the coach has to be that cheerleader. Yeah, uh, for you. So your health is there for you. If you if you're a patient of ours, we're going to provide uh, that coaching for you. Unfortunately, right now the bad part of it is commercial insurances very rarely pay for that, and yeah. and so that's the struggle we're having. Medicare pays for it um, for for that health coach. Um, our, our insurance we're paying for that for your health coach. Uh, so I encourage you to get out there and, and use those health coaches. But those health coaches are going to help you tie into everything else, whether our dietitian needs to look at, at stuff that's going on, the pharmacy and the medications you're taking, um, you know, everything that ties together um, diet, exercise, mm-hmm. and sleep. I cannot stress enough that sleep is so important yes. to you being able to live a life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably the most important thing. 
Yeah, it, it really is. And and what and we don't talk about it a lot. You know, I always I, I was telling our providers that, that one day a bunch of them, I said, so what do you do? You ask people, do you sleep OK? You may ask them, how many times do you get up in the middle of the night? But you mm-hmm. don't know. And what's not measured is really not done. Yep. So what happens with us, everybody has a scale at home. You know, every, they're, they're available everywhere. At some point, we bought a scale, right? 20 years ago, we still mm-hmm. stand on it. We look at our weight. But do we look at our body mass index or do we look at the sleep patterns that we have? And that scale is not recording what we're eating. Right. And and so I, I, I was I was um, I was just amazed. I was at the dentist with my father today and um, and the staff in the back were talking while I was waiting for him to, to come out and they were getting ready to go to lunch. And so they were just chatting all over and they were talking about, oh, yeah, I try to want to lose weight. And and so now I'm, I've gone on this diet. But, you know, all that I had yesterday was nuts. And somebody else said, well, I'm using these pre-prepared meals that I'm buying that's probably full of, uh, you know, artificial flavorings mm-hmm. <laughs> and other kind of stuff. And, and these are healthcare professionals that right. work in a dental surgical office. <laughs> and, and I'm going, wow, we're probably some of the most uneducated at mm. times with yeah. all the resources. So if I could do anything today, it would be I'd love for our phones to ring off the hook um, in the next few days after people leave this saying, hey, I need to schedule an appointment with the health coach. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I can start looking at my what what I love about the health coach is they can meet them where they are. Like you, like you were talking about the, the you know, the person who was 600 pounds, they can start there. Okay. We need you to get up or maybe it's just to walk to the mailbox and back. Maybe it's to, you know, walk three miles a day. You know, it, 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 they can meet you wherever you are and figure out and identify your health goals so that you can, you know, have something to work towards. And it, that will that will bring so much more motivation and so much more hope into someone's life when they are working towards something versus just sitting around watching TV. Right. Yeah. And, and other people talk about how busy they are. I'm just too busy to mm-hmm. take care of, them, you know, and I really stress that, that you're really, there's always that little bit of time and that opportunity for you to be able to get out there. And that's really creating the strategies um, around how you're going to reach your goals. And you're Mm -hmm. not going to do that alone. Nobody's going to do that alone. Yeah. And I think sometimes we feel like we're weak because we can't. Mm. I should be able to do this, right? I'm a smart, intelligent human being out there. I should be able to take care of this. But if it wasn't for my trainer, if it wasn't for... Uh, other people that helped me with my diet, looking at what I do. And if it wasn't for me tracking all my movements and sleep with my aura ring, I'm not sure I would be held accountable. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, talking about, you know, people talk about busy, you, something you talked about at the uh, panel discussion at the healthcare conference, you talked about telling people, take your PTO take it. You know, I have been guilty in the past of not using all of mine. And, and you were telling people, cause I think people have this for, for whatever reason. And I don't think it's, um, any, anything, but their fault, but people think that you don't want them to take their PTO. You, you were telling people from a platform in front of a large room of people, please take your PTO. We need you to rest. 
Right. And and so one of the things, to tell you the truth, I just never really thought about was um, until last year was the fact that um, that so much compensation for people is tied up in incentives based on productivity. And so if you're a doctor uh, um, anywhere in this country, there's an incentive you're incentivized to work. But if you take off, you're losing that incentive for the whole month. So we we discovered that a couple of years ago. Our nurse practitioners, when they took off, then they actually slowed their productivity for the whole month. So if they're going to take a week of vacation, then they just didn't do anything because our productivity was based on each month. And if they didn't work that last week, they weren't going to make enough to, to bonus. And right. so they just said, well, I won't do anything. So it really came out of that. But then I started thinking, I said, guys, think about the rest of us. Our, if we're administration, we can go take our vacation, but we're not penalized for our incentives or our bonus because of that. Right. And that's not fair to the providers either. So mm-hmm. we actually changed it up. And the way our structure works now, because they get credit um, for the week they're off for whatever their productivity should have been. Mm-hmm. And so when we rebuilt the the threshold calculator is what we call it, but the incentive calculator and plan, um, you actually, if you take your PTO, make more money Mm. by taking time off because we're giving you really more credit. um, The percentage of credit is a little bit higher. But then I realized this weekend, as I was saying that very word, that our clinical coordinators and our social workers and others, if they take off, they do lose. So we've got, because we were we're paying them based on their productivity, and we've got to adjust that for yeah. everybody in the company. So right. I'll be working on that in in the next few weeks to make sure that by January first, when you start taking your vacation again, you're going to be compensated um, and and fairly, so you feel like I can take a vacation. Sure, absolutely. I think people are more productive when they when they take a break. You know, there. I think it. I think it really does. I know for myself being in a creative role, if I work seven days a week, I will not be as creative. And I think that goes for a provider. You're not going to be creative on how you care for that patient. You're not going to be as quick as you, you know, thought you were. If you're a social worker working with people, you know, in emotional issues or social determinants of health, you're going to be better if you have a break and you have that rest. So Scott, what was your biggest takeaway from the conference this last weekend? What was your highlight moment? Um, you know, I, I think I was most excited about how excited people were to be there. This was the seventh big conference we had, even though we started this about 15 years ago doing these little mini retreats. But mm-hmm. this was our seventh annual um, retreat for, it started out just for providers and now it's enlarged to a lot of folks in our company. But what was exciting was that people were so excited to see each other and to give people hugs that they had not seen in, in over a year or sometimes maybe longer. And and to see people that they knew from other places, but they didn't know were even working for us any longer mm. uh, or now. And yeah. and so it was the, the excitement was just overjoyed and overwhelmed. And and I will say that I think the majority of people who work for us, I certainly hope, love who we are and what we do. But I was also disappointed in the kinds of questions that people asked me. And, and so I, because I thought, and I came away from the conference with a number one goal, mm-hmm. and that is 
we have to look and reevaluate our entire education and training program. Mm. And and so what I looked at, like I had a provider that came up and said, you know, Scott, I got a patient right now who needs a, a narcotic medication and we can't get them. I went to today when I took my dad, he had to have some teeth pulled. Um, I will say this, guys, my dad's 90, almost 90 years old. And and your teeth don't last as long as your body sometimes. Right. And 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 I will say taking care of your teeth from a very early onset. My dad grew up in the coal mines of, of eastern Kentucky. I don't even know if they even had a dentist when he was growing up. <laughs> certainly no. He probably never heard of flossing back in those days. You know, and so uh, even when I was growing up, our dentist polished my teeth, but he didn't floss my teeth when I went into the office. I didn't know what floss was until I was probably 15, 16 years old. Taking care of your teeth is extremely important. But but when we were in there, I, I, what I realized um, for, um, uh, oh gosh, I just went blank. Uh, but <laughs> what, I, what, I re- what, what I realized with him is that... Um, that for him to, to it, oh, it was the narcotics. So they, they were going to send him home with medications. And so they said, hey, we're going to send you home with pain medicine, and we can send that to anyone but CVS. And I said, why can't you send for CVS? And she said, because they don't have any pain medicine. Mm. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, I actually finally got a hold of a pharmacist at one of the CVSs that we were calling around trying to find the drug. And, and, uh, and they said, oh, yeah, you know, they all all of our medications now are ordered corporately, so we can't put in an order. They just have to look and see whether they think we need it or not. And so they can anticipate those needs so we don't have it. Uh, but here's the truth. Medicare mandated a 25% reduction in the production of narcotic prescriptions this year. Mm. And so we are hitting on a shortage until the beginning of the first of the year. Because what happened is they continued to manufacture as much as they could, and then they got cut off toward the end of the year. Uh, we have to find alternatives. So this nurse practitioner says to me, Scott, I can't get my, my medications. And I said, wow, what did our pharmacy say? Well, they said they didn't have it either. So I went to, to Kim, who's our, our, the head of our pharmacy department, where we actually fill pill, the pills. And, and I said, what's the deal? And she said, well, Scott, we have all of those medications. We may just not have it in the dose she requested. Mm. So here's probably what happened. She called our pharmacy and said, hey, do you have oxycodone at this milliliter or this milligram? And they said, probably said no. And she hung up. Instead of, tell me what you want. Let's call one of our clinical pharmacists and say, this is what I'm trying to, to do, is to relieve the pain from this. She's been on this. Let the clinical pharmacist say, hey, you know, what we could do is just give her a 20 milligram pill and cut it in half and she can have her 10 milligrams. Right. Could have been the solution. But Mm. they weren't thinking through that and they hung up so fast they didn't get that opportunity. Our pharmacy is a, I always talk about our restaurants or restaurants. You know, we're going to say yes. (laughs) We may charge you out the wazoo for it, but we're going to say yes, pretty much. If it's legal, we can say it. So uh, I think we have to be a yes pharmacy, and that is, yeah, let me show you how we're going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. Let's look at alternatives. Pharmacists are great at understanding this. 
I was talking about THC this week, you know, and that that it's a great pain relief. And 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 that's why all the states have, except South Carolina and three others have passed a medical marijuana usage, mm-hmm. you know, for um for those patients who are in a lot of pain. And and so we can give a legal dose of that. And I said, but what is that? And I didn't realize that some of our providers and some of our pharmacists are already doing that. Hmm. They know how to regulate. So what I would say to you is if if you don't know, then let's start asking the questions and let's ask around until we find the answer. Yeah. Uh, but we have the answers. Our company is so large, but yet sometimes just so small in how we operate as a mom and pop of a I mean, we operate, I think, much more like a family right. than we do a company. Right. Yeah, we and, have to, th- and we have to like- think who we are. We have to we have to really start operating within who we are. And and again, like don't take no for an answer. Say, okay, let's let's figure it out. Let's there's gotta be an answer than just no. Right. I mean we we have this our accountable care team which is what you would compare anywhere else to the quality team. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like I like the accountable ter- care team because we're accountable. So there's, gosh, 18, 20 people on the accountable care team. You can get a hold of any of those through teams. You know, somebody can teams message me. Anybody mm-hmm. in our company can. Right. But And that's what I said. I, nobody team texted me and said, hey, Scott, or hey, Teresa, who would be the more appropriate clinical person, um, to reach out to, or hey, Brooke, you know, I'm looking for this medication for this reason. Can you help me? Right. I'm telling you, you'll get a call back at the end of the day. Yep. 100%. There's, we have the people to solve the problems. It's, it's, you just got to ask. You just got to ask the question and it'll be solved by the end of the day. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Scott, it is exciting times and, uh, man, there's going to lot, there's a lot to come and, uh, it's going to be moving fast of, if you're, you know, put your, uh, put your glasses on. Cause we're, we're going to be cruising down the highway here, uh, with your health and, and getting this rolling and it's going to go fast and there's a lot of opportunity out there and it's, it's going to be amazing. And, uh, it's exciting, it's exciting times to be a part of your health. You know, um, I'll just say that over the next few years, yes, uh, healthcare is going to transform um, so quick and so fast because of this pay- new payment structure. When you start incentivizing health systems um, in the communities to take better care, um, it's not going to change completely until the hospitals get a reimbursement change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what I'm waiting for for CMS. But what's interesting, instead of starting with the hospitals, they started with primary care. And, and because they knew the hospitals wouldn't change. Those right. hospitals are like huge tankers that take two days for them to, to turn in order to go in a different road. Mm-hmm. And so they knew that primary care physicians were probably more limber in being able to do that. So we're going to change it. And unfortunately, put the squeeze on hospital systems who aren't going to be able to make it financially as we start to cut off the flow of people to the hospital because we're taking care of them in primary care. Mm-hmm. And that's the one message I think I, I could share with anybody. We still get resistance on well care. People mm-hmm. are still saying, why are you coming to see me? And so we have to 
give as a company, we have to give them a reason. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to see you on Friday. I changed your medication up, and I don't know if this is going to work for you. I hope it will, but I have to verify that it will. Mm -hmm. So the more chances we have to touch patients, we know, and that's and it's been shown. People don't get it. You know, for every fifteen dollars of of spend to primary care physician is saving Medicare seventy five dollars. Go to your primary care physician. They'll often go go um, go before you think you're really getting sick. If there's anything triggering you feel bad, yes, go to the primary care. But guys, go when you're well because mm -hmm. if you don't go when you're well. They're not going to be able to know what to do when you come in on sick. So yeah. those those well checks, and that's not annually. Why do we go to the dentist two times a year? You know, mm -hmm. you know why we go to the dentist twice a year? Because they pay for it. <laughs> the preventative, right? You know why they pay for it? Because in the 1950s, breast mm -hmm. toothpaste started promoting see your dentist twice a year. Mm. There is no reason really for that there was no <laughs> underlying except being, and 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 you know what you got every time anyone in this country went to the dentist they got a small tube of crest toothpaste yep. because crest gave it to the <laughs> dentist for free wow and if it was good enough for the dentist it's good enough for me and so i buy crest mm. that's the way it worked for years wow. um why do we go to the doctor once a year then? And we only, and instead of getting labs and stuff, but yet we go to the dentist twice a year. Um, so I'll just say that there was a lot of things out there that didn't make any sense. And that is an annual physical doesn't really make any sense. You should be seeing everybody should be going to that provider. And by the time you hit 50 to 55, you should be seeing your doctor four times a year. That doctor should know who you are. And if you're not, even if you are healthy and well, go in, have your labs run again. And and yes, it may cost you something. But I, I've seen people throw away more on a dinner than what it would cost them to mm -hmm. have their labs run again. Yep. Well, it'll it'll cost you something, but if it'll cost you something if you don't. So Oh my gosh, at the end of the day, yeah. What's the cost when when you're hospitalized? Yeah. It'll cost yeah. you something if you did. Yeah. The hospital copay, the hospital copay for 2024 is $1,650. So every time you go to the hospital, you got to, you got to chunk out $1,650 mm -hmm. for each of those visits. That's um, base. And so if you go, yeah, that's, that's the base. So four, four times to the hospital, you got about eight, eight to $10,000 that you, you're going to end up paying back. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. $30. $30 copay sounds pretty good or $50 or $100 copay sounds pretty good four times a year. Right. And and even I, 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 even if it, if it, if you had to pay for it all, mm -hmm. it, it's still well worth it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So go see your doctor. Go see your doctor. Go see your doctor. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. That's awesome. Well, Scott, thanks so much. And uh, it's uh, exciting times. We're look, looking forward to what's coming. Thank you, Jamie, and you have a great week. Thanks, All right, too. see you guys. Thanks for listening. And if you could leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Visit our podcast website at thedisruptedpodcast.com. You can also subscribe to one of our other podcasts in our podcast network. 
the LTC University Podcast, Experiencing Healthcare with Matt Stop, the Thriving Practitioner Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great week.